Welcome to Out of the Box Off Topic, a spinoff podcast series focused on the unfocused thoughts of myself, Ray Robertson, and my partner, Tom Canterbury. Today's topic is the 2023 film, The Iron Claw, directed by Sean Durkin and starring Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, Mara Tierney, Holt McCallany, and Lily James. Tom, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, everybody who listened to our Nick Saban episode. Wow. This is actually going to be short. This was actually right. This is going to be legitimately like 20-ish minutes. More condensed. Yes. And uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. A film that we both saw together. A conversion of two things that we love. For me, it is prestige, beautiful filmmaking with great performances. That is, it should be an awards contender. It's not. It's There's a whole other story about the strike and how that affected the release and everything. That's my side. And then Tom, your side is the world of wrestling. This is, of course, the story of the Von Erich family. We'll dissect that in just a minute. Tom, broadly, what did you think of the film The Iron Claw? I thought it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought they did a great job because I don't know how many other films about wrestling you have watched. Uh, it's They're not always good. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the actual in-ring action is usually not, not well done. Uh, but I thought one of the most impressive things of the entire movie was how realistic the wrestling scenes were i would agree like there was and part of that one chavo guerrero jr was the of uh, the famous guerrero family was he was basically in charge of all the wrestling choreography uh and mjf as well who was uh at the time he's not anymore but he was at the time the aew world champion um what was also very much involved and he's actually an executive producer of the sh- of the movie so I think it was really, really important to everybody involved with making it that the wrestling looked realistic. It looked like it did when it was on ESPN yeah. in the 80s. And I thought they did a great job. I also greatly enjoyed this film. I think that Sean Durkin is a master. Uh, he had a movie come out, very, very small movie in 2020 called The Nest. And I watched it at a hotel in wherever we were for the college football playoff that year. That might have been Miami, I think, is where we ended up being. And... Mm-hmm. I remember watching that hotel room, just being blown away at a director who just had a sense of vibes and aura and just was able to, who like so understood mood and setting and tone and tension. And I thought all of that was on display and more in this, this film, there were a couple of script things I didn't love, but that's neither here nor there. That's movie mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. I thought for the film that they were trying to create, I thought it was excellent Shout out to the editor, Matthew Hannum. I thought this was as brilliantly edited a film as I've seen this year. The cuts, the the way that all of those wrestling scenes were shot and edited was absolutely brilliant. And we had talked about it leaving the theater. Like that is hard to do. Yeah. And to not only be able to do it well, but to do it in a way where it looks cinematic, but also real, that is extremely difficult. And I thought that it was a particularly lovely job by everybody behind the camera. And then in front of the camera, we can talk for a minute about Zachary Efron. Yes. I mean, what a performance. And I think he is the one I'm most pissed about that the awards run just isn't happening. And yeah, he, he should be. I mean, it, it is it is one of my top five overall performances this year, let alone lead actor. And I hate that 
as good as he was, that it is not getting the recognition it deserves because I thought he was outstanding. He did a great job. One of the hardest things I've I've noticed in movies, one of the hardest things to portray is being like awkward and conflicted. Mm. I think that's kind of difficult to do as an actor. Um, Especially and, in a subtle way. Right. Yeah. And, he, and he did it really well because everything that happened in the movie pretty much happened in real life. Yeah. Kevin was the oldest. He was probably the most athletic of all the Von Erics. Uh, he was probably the best overall wrestler of all the Von Erics, but he was awkward. He, he was especially on the mic. He was, he was just, you know, I think he was he genuinely a nice guy and then he was awkward. So he didn't really come across as a quote unquote star as much as David and Carrie did. Sure. So that's why they got elevated above him, but he loved his family and he loved the business so much. He was pretty much okay with it. Uh, that they were getting the 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 shots that necessarily he didn't get, uh, and I thought Zachary Efron did a great job of uh, of portraying that. And also, it, ironically for him, like I didn't even know Jennifer, my wife, told me about his accident that, that Zach Efron had, yeah, to where he basically had to rebuild his face uh, from like his high school musical days. He looks different now. He has the more square jaw and everything. And that actually made him look a lot, a lot more like Kevin than he would have. I don't know if, if that accident doesn't happen in his home where he just literally just fell and, and, and hit a coffee table and busted his face open. If that accident doesn't happen, I don't know if he plays Kevin Von Erich because he didn't look like him. But after the, the you know remake of his face, he kind of looked like Kevin. And I thought it was such a brilliant bit of casting as well because of our previous relationship with Zac Efron from High School Musical. From I mean, I think that I, I Zac Efron is such an interesting fixture to me because like you kind of get written off when you're in those movies. I, I think that it was pretty clear early on that Zac Efron was a good actor who just wasn't in good stuff. Like right. Baywatch is a disaster, but his performance is actually pretty funny. Um, and I, so The Rock was on Raw a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And he said, uh, the guy he was having the uh, the interaction with said, I've, I've seen all your movies. They all suck. He's like, you haven't seen my movies. You even you haven't even seen Baywatch. That's OK. No one did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a on the phone. Hulu yeah. watch. Right. Uh, but like he's he's a good actor. Mm. And like 17 again is a good performance. And he was Ted Bundy in a very complicatedly titled movie a couple oh, years ago yeah, yeah. that but it was a good performance. And. This, I, I hope, is something that like shows people, oh, Zac Efron is not just a good actor. He's also a star. Yeah. And I, I think that we like there was, OK, Zac Efron, the celebrity, Zac Efron, the actor. I hope this all comes together to where like he gets the stuff that he deserves, because I thought he was just phenomenal. And I really love the way that he was able to play the internal turmoil yeah. that that his character was dealing with from pretty much the jump of this film yeah. in, in a film that is so sad and so devastating. Oh. And we're not going to spoil a ton on this pod, by the way, but I mean, I would recommend seeing the movie. And if you're not going to, it'll come out on streaming soon. But if you don't want to wait, Wikipedia exists. Yeah. Like to be able to, I think rein in the most emotional parts of the movie in a movie that has so much tragedy oh. is a real testament to his performance overall. 100%. I thought, I thought it was a great, he did a great job. Yeah.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we wrap up, and I'm sure there are a couple other things you want to get to in regards to this and the wrestling side of it. Do you want to make a comment about the uh, the Ric Flair situation? Oh. Woo! Ric I mean, Flair. look, yeah. I, I have a thought from the movie side. You have a thought from the wrestling side. And right. they, they kind also of kind of converge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so the internet wrestling community, which I hate. I If <laughs> these people that sit on their keyboards and and just crap on everything that anyone does like no one hates wrestling more than wrestling fans and it <laughs> it it angers me to no end oh dear right but so much in the internet wrestling community was so upset with the portrayal of rick flair by the actor who i don't even know who the actor was and he i'll find a name you keep talking okay so he so was it a great rick flair no it was not a great Ric Flair. Aaron Dean Eisenberg. Right. He does not have a Wikipedia page. And he he's not a wrestler. Right. Like there are some of these, some of these other people were the wrestlers were actually portrayed by professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He's not. So it wasn't if, if he was impersonating Ric Flair, he would not finish very highly in a Ric Flair impersonation contest. But Ric Flair as a, you know, as a personality who has, is transcended pro wrestling. You're not a wrestling fan. You know who Ric Flair is. Oh, of course. Everyone knows who Ric Flair is. Like, if you tried to be Ric Flair, he's a character of himself to begin with. Right. Like, it, it would be very, very difficult. I, that's, that's a very tough role to play. Yeah, then you're getting into the uncanny valley of it all, which is, right. like, impossible. That's right. So, I, I didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect my enjoyment of that part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the Ric Flair uh, personification. So from a movie perspective, I was actually the most enthralled in the wrestling portion during that part. Okay. Uh, part of it was like, I know who Ric Flair is. And I thought that the way that all that was shot with the intercutting of how the match was going with the promo. And then with also the actual television archive footage of how it's got, I thought it was really brilliantly done, yeah. but the way that Zach Efron, Kevin, right? Kevin. Yes. The way that Kevin's mindset is at that moment, everything is exaggerated. Yeah. Everything is big and everything feels like it's it's loud and in your face and like outlandish in a way that you're not expecting. I think it was supposed to be a performance that quote unquote wasn't good. Yeah. I think it was supposed to symbolize the way that Kevin was dealing with his life at that moment. Right. And part of the reason I think that's because I've seen Sean Durkin movies and I know the way that he operates that kind of dynamic. And I thought it was actually pretty brilliant. And I think that there's a reason why outside of a couple voices, a lot of the movie people really actually like that sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was, and you tell by the way that match went, because in that match, Kevin is supposed to be the good guy. Mm-hmm. Rick Flair is the bad guy. Rick Flair is the heel. Kevin is the face. It's in Texas. But if you look at the way the, the match is wrestled, Kevin attacks Flair to start off with. And, it, and it's at that point, so much has happened to him and he's internalized everything. Yeah. It's real to him. 
Mm-hmm. Like he is really trying to hurt Ric Flair in, in that match. He legitimately gets himself disqualified in that match and Ric Flair wins. Not not to spoil it, but again, this these are actual And that yeah, that and this isn't like right. This is not one of the major, major plot points. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I I think that the fact that it wasn't a great Ric Flair quote unquote impersonation added to it. Yeah. I, I did I don't I thought it was kind of the point. Right. Now I mean, if you're going to make an argument, I I thought that the portrayal of Harley Race was probably a little bit worse because that was a time when things were pretty good for everybody involved. Okay. And Har- I thought Harley Race was was portrayed kind of like a slob. Um, he was, I mean, Harley Race was a man's man who would kick your ass legitimately, and that's and that's why, like the NWA champion at that mm. time, because you know they talk about. Really quickly, the NWA was a loose association of all the different independent uh, wrestling territories at that time. So Harley Race was based out of St. Louis. That's why they talk about we're going to come up to Missouri and get you. The yeah. Von Erics were, you know, Fritz owned the Texas area uh, and they had a handshake agreement. We're going to exchange talent and stuff, but we have one world champion who travels around the territories. And that's what Harley Race was at the time. That's what Ric Flair became after he beat Harley Race. So and like all the promoters had to come together and vote on who that champion was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, and Harley race, your champion had to be able to defend himself because if we send our champion, say we're going to send him to Puerto Rico. He, if that Puerto Rican champion or whoever was going to face him decided, I'm going to shoot on Harley race and I'm going to be champion. And if, if I win, you know, they can't just say, no, we didn't say that was going to happen. Cause then we, then we're saying that, uh, it's all predetermined, which we can't do. Sure. So he had to legitimately be able to take care of himself if someone decided to try to do that. So that's why people like Harley Race were the NWA World Champion. Uh, so he, I, I thought he was portrayed a little bit more of an out of shape guy that was just kind of you know taking liberties, which Harley Race wasn't. Yeah. But again, that that was that's more of a you know wrestling uh purist type type of sure. story and type i mean i mean it was telling the story i remember that part of the movie but yeah. i did have to look up who you met but is there yeah. anything else like movie movie side that we want to touch on i mean i think first off as mike stanley simons oh i'd never seen that kid in my life yeah. i don't know who he is unreal performance i thought it, yeah i thought he i thought fritz the, the actor who played fritz holt mccallany great i mean he didn't fritz did not come off very well mm-hmm. in this movie and there's reasons why. Um, and it, uh, the, the mother. Mara Tierney. Mara. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Talk about an actress that can do anything. Yeah, that was, uh, I will say, I think as much as I loved Harris Dickinson, and Jeremy Allen White, who like, what a guy this year with the bear and the, this yeah. film and like talk about a star. Uh, the, the part of the movie that I keep thinking of is a visual of Mara Tierney watching wrestling on tv i can't remember which event it was and there's something in the background i don't want to spoil it yeah but it it was something that i didn't realize what i was looking at at first and then i kept thinking about it and then it hit me and then it stayed with me and that is like some brilliant filmmaking and some brilliant acting from Mara tyranny that 20 second moment yeah i thought uh why the only the only thing in that other wrestling matters i talked about this too like in real life, Carrie was was bigger than Kevin, mm-hmm. so it was almost like if they could have traded physiques. So, but I thought they both did a great job as who they were. And I don't I don't want to see 
Zach Efron play Carrie. I want him to see Kevin. Well, yeah. and and that is the interesting part of it is like before this, when this was shot and when this was cast, Jeremy Allen White was not Jeremy Allen White because the bear had not become okay. the phenomenon that it was. Right. There is questioning amongst the film community that if they cast it right now, would it be would flipped? Flip? Yeah. Perhaps. Because I think you can make the argument that Jeremy Allen White is a currently bigger star in Hollywood than Zac Efron. Yeah, but Zac Efron, I don't think the portrayals, though, I don't think they would have done... I, they were perfectly cast. I, I think it's great than, too. Yeah, other than the physiques were a little bit, but it, it, it wasn't like it was. It was. It took me out of it. Right. A couple of things as far as Von Erichs that they kind of glossed over, but you know, again, they, they didn't want to make a four hour movie. Right. Uh, you know, there was there's more questions about what happened to David in Japan, and then there's another Von Erich brother, Chris, who equally is tragic, <laughs> and uh, they could have added him in there, but. Again, at some point, if you don't know the Von Erich, uh, you know, story, you would think, well, that's come on. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that part. And also, like, I, I think that a lot of people thought that this was a biopic in a way, it right. is, but also in a way it's not. It, it's, it's, it's based on a true story. Right. It, it yeah. is using the names, but it is telling a different kind of story yeah. uh, that has certainly a lot of details. But you, you listen to Sean Durkin talk about it and. He acknowledges exactly what you're talking about. Like, A, it's a 10 hour, the real movie, the movie movie that I think a lot of people on Twitter wanted to see, that's 10 hours. Right. And it's very different from what we saw. Yeah. But the story that he wanted to tell that was about, in a lot of ways, like masculinity and family and internal battles and the pressure that we put on ourselves and the pressure to be great, but also what that does to us. That was the point. Right. And I think that the part of their story that they focused on was the necessary part to get that point across. Yeah. Now, I will recommend if you are more interested in Von Eric, that, that the whole tragedy of the Von Eric family, uh, there's a, a, a documentary series that they do on Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. Ooh. And they do uh, at least one, if not two hours on the Von Erics. Okay. Uh, so that would be. That would be my recommendation. I don't recommend a lot on Vice, but I recommend Dark Side. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, kind of like like we talked about. You know, they could have done more with Lance von Eric, the the cousin, quote unquote, that they brought in. Uh, but they kind of glossed over that. Uh, but I, I I I think the story that they told was the story that needed to be told. Yeah, and I, I really really liked it. I teared up several times. The ending absolutely tore me up. Yeah. Though it's a great ending. Some of the ending I knew was, I knew what it was, but that really, mm, yeah. Great stuff. That was, and they did it without being hokey. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think it could have been very easy to not only portray all the tragedy, but be hokey about it. Yeah. I, I thought it was very well done. Poignant. I thought it was more poignant, not hokey. Yeah. I, I thought that, like I said, at the very outset of this, like it was a Sean Durkin masterclass, like everything that he is good at, he was able to put into what is a difficult topic and surrounding a difficult sport to film. Sports movies are not easy to do. That's why I loved King Richard so much, even though I thought that the movie itself was like fine. I was so enamored by the tennis sequences. Like, how did you shoot that? How did you literally recreate the U S open? Yeah. And I thought that, that there was a lot of that in the iron claw with the wrestling sequences as you detailed earlier. Yeah. 100%. And if I I'm somewhat of a, of a wrestling historian, what? Yes. So if you would like more on my thoughts on the wrestling part in that era of wrestling, 
uh, always hit me up on the X. Yeah, hit them up in the DMs. <laughs> I will also say, last thing, I have gotten a, a couple DMs about my top 10 list and my top yeah. 10 list that we have teased for a while with Kevin Brown. Kevin recently had a child. And so because of that, he is very, very busy. And I don't want to press him because he has a child. Sure. And also very hard for him to do a top 10 list if he hasn't seen anything because he now has a child. When we're doing the, this pod, I'm the only one that is allowed to be on the show that hasn't seen the movie. Right. <laughs> That's exactly okay, correct. Right. Okay. Good. So, so that will happen at some point. I don't know when, and I don't even know. I have no idea. Well, hopefully we'll do it with Kevin, but at some point you might just have to tweet it out. I might just have to tweet it out. We yeah. might do, we might tag it onto the season six premiere. Who's to say, yeah. but I will say this, the iron claw as of right now, is in my top 10. Another reason why I'm not just saying it right now is there are three movies that I haven't seen that I want to, that I think could be in contention for that. But right now the iron claw will most certainly be on there. And I think it's very deserving. And what has been an unreal movie year. I got the notification. We were sitting here. Oppenheimer is now on Peacock. We've seen oh. Barbie pop on. Barbie's on max. Yes. I mean, everything is everywhere. The holdovers which is, spoiler alert, very high on my movie of the year list, is also on Peacock. So there are a lot of things out there to see, a lot of great things that came this year, and The Iron Claw is certainly one of them. Agreed. All right, Tom, where can the people find you on the X? T Canterbury RTR on the X. And I'm at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Follow the show at Out of the Box underscore pod. Remember, the season six premiere comes February 6th. Six years, Tom, can you believe it? No. Neither can I. Sorry you've had to deal with me for that long. No, it's been even longer on the radio. Jeez. We'll have a party for that too. But yeah, yeah. Until next time. For Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Thank you for hanging out off topic with us. We'll see you next time. What's up is down, what's left is right. Chasing stars and holding people.